Man, I'm excited for week three of Hey Young World. Uh, who was here week one of Hey Young World? We preached, we preached a sermon uh, called I'm Closer Than You Know. You guys remember that? The Holy Spirit wants to live inside of us. And we kind of looked at the polarity of what life is like. It's flesh and it's spirit. And every single day we have a choice to walk in the flesh or walk in the spirit. Uh, we also said that week, if you don't remember, uh, that Jesus wants to step inside of our hearts, inside of our lives. And how many of you guys remember this point? That Jesus is knocking. You guys remember that? Yeah. Jesus is knocking. And if we're not letting Jesus inside, there's probably something in our house, in our hearts, that we know that he's against, that we're actually comfortable with. Um, that, was, that was a fun night. I'm closer than you know. We talked about walking and living in the spirit. And denying the flesh daily. Um, and after last Sunday, this past Sunday, two days ago, we had a guest speaker uh, in the house. And he just he broke it down. Uh, Matthew, I believe, chapter 25. And it really touched on a lot of stuff we've been touching on. So um, how many of you guys know that God, God loves to speak through vessels? Amen? God loves to talk to people and, and, and show us what he, what, he, what he wants us to do. That was week one. I'm closer than you know. Week two, we said, go be great. Who was here last Tuesday? For go be great. It's a bunch of fun. We said greatness is not what the world says greatness is. Jesus says the greatest among you are the servants. And that servanthood is the secret to greatness in the kingdom of God. Tonight, God has something to say to the young world. Again, uh, if you don't know and you don't come here, I want to let you know this series, this sermon series we've been preaching. Really, we've been preparing for months. I mean, this is something God placed on my heart in March earlier this year, and it's just something that God wants to speak into your life. We've been able to flesh it out and plan it out. Um, so tonight, God has something to say to the young world. Week one, I'm closer than you know. Week two, go be great. The title of tonight's message, what God has to say to the young world, is this very simple statement. I want you to write at the top of your notes. It's, it's really life-changing to understand what God means and what he's trying to imply about, by this phrase uh, if you're ready, you can write it down. Here's the title of tonight's message. You are my child. Hey, young world, God has something to say. You are my child. You are my child. Is anybody taking notes tonight? Come on, notes. Notes are for Thursdays. Notes are for Fridays. Notes are not for tonight. It's just for you to have something to go back on. Uh, where are my faithful podcast listeners? How many of you guys love our podcast? If you don't know, we're going to post tonight's message on our podcast. Search New Birth Youth and Young Adults. And you can actually re-listen to the sermon. God is saying, you are my child. I love this. I love this because, because I'm not just like an accident that the universe gave birth to. Uh, you know, minerals and, and, and things happening and, and something forming and an evolution. Like, I'm not an accident. Like, it's really hard to believe that I came from nothing and I'm going to go back into nothing. Like, how do I have consciousness? How do I have the ability to reason, think? How do I have love? What is love? You can't define it. You can't touch it. You can't put love in a box. Love is something that is deeper than life itself, and I have it for people and friends and for God. I'm not an accident. I'm not just matter and flesh. I am a human being formed by God to worship him. I have a plan, and I have a purpose that God put inside of me. I don't know about you, but anybody grateful to be a son and daughter of God? Like, I'm not just matter, space, and time just colliding. I'm not an accident. Uh, I'm actually a son 
and I'm a daughter. And God knows me, and he has a plan for me, and he has a future for me. And guess what? I, I know some of us, when we talk about fatherhood and, and motherhood and, 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 like, parental type of figures, and, and God refers, refers to himself as a father, that, that, like that, that authority in our lives. I know a lot of us don't have the best definitions of family. I know a lot of, a lot of times, like, not everyone here had a dad that was there the whole time or a mom that was there or parents that were just everything they needed that we needed them to be but here's the truth that even though my earthly father and my mother fault and my and my mother father <laughs> my earthly father my earthly mother may fail me the king of kings and lord of lords will never fail me he'll never let me down he has a plan and a purpose for my life and i'm his child he he loves me i'm 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 from him and for him and and i love this idea because you see this all over scripture. God refers to himself as the father. Even the way he defines himself. God the father. God the son. God the Holy Spirit. He presents himself to humanity as a father and son relationship. And even with the spirit. This is an amazing analogy. And sometimes we're here and we're like, man, but I, you know, I didn't have a great example for this. But listen, don't let your earthly examples distort your view of who God is. Don't let your earthly examples of love distort your view of what unconditional love really is. Because, you know, a lot of us, we have an idea of love, and it's, I got to do this for God to love you. No, God already loves you. God already loves you. God already loves you, and now he empowers you to do. Because I'm a child of God. I can drop the mic, and I could dismiss the service right now. Because, friends, we're children of God. We have authority over our lives. We, we, you know, I don't know if you were this child that, that you know, was very disrespectful and, like, not uh, listening to your parents. Or you have a sibling that was like that. Or you have a cousin that just was never cool with authority and never cool with submission and never cool with direction. And once they hit 18 or once they hit 17 or once they can get a job, they, they just ran from all authority and all direction. Listen, friends, God is such a good father that he just, he, he pulls on me just to be obedient to him. I want to read to you Romans chapter 8, verse, verses 16 and 17. You can lower my mic a little bit because I'm, I'm, I got a big mouth. I'm Puerto Rican and Dominican. I could really turn this place up right now. Five people laugh. It's cool, you know. Dale, papi. The Holy Spirit. I love this verse. Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Holy Spirit himself. I'm sorry, that's not the verse. Uh, you can take that verse down. That's not the verse. You can take the verse down. Uh, Romans 8, 16 and 17 says, The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So what does that mean? You said yes to Jesus. Anybody got saved in here? Anybody believe Jesus is Lord? Listen, once you made that prayer, guess what happened? Jesus deposited his Holy Spirit within you. You have the Holy Spirit. We said week one, you have to choose every day, am I going to live by the flesh or by the spirit? But here in Romans it says that the spirit testifies that you are a child of God. The spirit himself testifies. That's why when you come in here and you feel that overwhelming love, that's God letting you know I am your father and I love you and I called you. So the spirit within me reminds me that I'm a child of God. 
So when someone calls me to go out and do some crazy things that I know does not honor my father, you know what the spirit does? The spirit reminds me, no, you are a child of God. When, when, when situations rise up in our lives that push us to disobey God, the spirit within us testifies, listen, you are a child of God. My first idea today is that God's children have his spirit. So God doesn't want you to just be his child. God wants you to have his spirit. I don't have kids yet. Some of you have kids. Some of you don't want kids. Some of you want 30 of them. But I don't know about you, but when I have children, I want them to have the things that I try to instill in them. Like, I don't, I don't want a child that, that's disrespectful. Like, I, I want to instill in my children, like, like, like love and honor and passion and, and, and respect. Anybody want good children? Anybody here want good children? Want to raise them up? But imagine that your child does not represent what you try to impart in them. So God says, hey, children, I'm not going to leave you alone. Anybody here a child of God? Can you raise your hand now? Anybody a child of God? You know what God says? Hey, children, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit so that you can actually know what pleases me and, and, and what I don't like. Here's the truth. Here's the God honest truth. Next idea is that not everyone wants to live by the Spirit. So we all raised our hands in here to agree that we're children of God, but realistically, not everyone wants to live by His Spirit. Can we be honest? I think if I did a poll in America to like the majority of America, a lot of people would say, yeah, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God, yet they despise and they hate all correction and authority and submission to the Holy Spirit and anything that's good and moral. They reject it. They reject it. What am I trying to say? Next point is that not everyone agrees with God. Am I preaching tonight? Not everyone agrees with God. I remember my mama told me to do something. Can we, can we rewind the time when, when you were like, you know, growing up in your parents' house, mom or dad or guardian, whatever you grew up with? Remember when they told you to do something? Hey, honey, so I'm going to need you to take the chicken and I'm going to take it from the freezer. I need you to put it out to defrost. You guys remember that? Hey, boy, when I get home, I want all the trash out. I want the laundry put away. Hey, baby girl, when I come home, I better not see your room messy. Anybody getting flashbacks right now? Please don't leave the room. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought it back. Remember when they got home? Didn't you feel that tension, that pressure, when exactly what they told you to do, you didn't do? You remember that tension? Like when your mom told you to like defrost the chicken and she pulls up and you hear the garage or you hear the door and everything you had to do just hits you in the face. You're like, today's the day I died. It's today. What day's today? Today's the day I died. Probably not that dramatic, right? But here's what's funny. Like so many people want to be a child of God, but they don't want to agree what he wants to, 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 to tell them to do. And I have so many notes and I have so many things, so I'm really going to be stuttering my words tonight. I'm not a speaker. Why'd they give me a mic? Dry joke. It landed right there. No one laughed. It's all good. <laughs> what am I saying? Like, I, I don't want to just 
just be my mom's son. I want to respect and honor my mom and do what she wants me to do. And so many people will quickly take, oh, I'm a child of God. But yet, when he asks you to do something, it's always like, oh, man, I forgot to do it. I forgot to do it. Like, I respect my mom. I honor my mom. I honor my dad. And I have to agree with them. Like, and because I agree that they're my authority, therefore I follow their instructions. Am I preaching tonight? Because I agree that they are my authority, I do something about it. My next point is this, that many times people want the title without the responsibility. Many times people would take the title of child of God, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with that title. The responsibility of being obedient. The responsibility of actually following through with what God's asking, asking from us. And in 1 John, these are some real aggressive verses. So if you're offended, I'm sorry in advance. Sorry, not sorry. God's called me to preach the Bible. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. Here's how you tell the difference between God's children and the devil's children. Pause. So God has children, but the devil has children as well. And you know who decides the difference? You do. This is, this is real. This is real. We preach this week one. Flesh and spirit. Remember, I either choose the flesh or I abide by the spirit that my father has given me to obey him and please him. And John is looking at the world. He's looking at the gospel. He's looking at new Christians. And, and John is simply saying that there's, 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 we're all children, but some of us are deciding to follow a different dad. We're all children. Don't you love that? Because I know you're growing up and life's coming at you hard and you're probably already a parent or you're looking to be one. And, 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 and life's coming at you crazy. I mean, taxes is real. And gas is real and rent is real. But can I remind you, you're still somebody's kid. God loves you and, he, and you guess what? In this relationship with God, he's the authority. He's got it all figured out. Some of you guys are going to leave with so much peace tonight knowing that there's a father in heaven that loves you, that is protecting you, that is over you, that has a plan for you, that loves you. I mean, he's unconditionally loving you. And, like, yeah, we're, we're growing up, right? And, we're you know, we're adults now, right? Like, and, and it's getting tough. But, man, I got a God. I have a father that's over me. Let that encourage you tonight. So we're all children, but we decide who's our daddy. Isn't that crazy? That God doesn't force us to be his child, but he presents his son as a sacrifice that substituted us on the cross and says, hey, here's my son, Jesus. You can never be perfect. I sent my perfect son to die the death that you deserved. So now whoever confesses and believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. What? That's my invitation? Paul says in the New Testament, we're adopted into this family. This is foster care. Welcome. The doors are open. We're taking signups every week. You're getting adopted into this family. But what John clears up, 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, let's read the rest of the verse. So here's how you tell the difference between God's children and the devil's children. The one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God. The one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God. The one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God. The one who won't practice righteous ways is not from God. The one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God. Nor is the one who won't love brother or sister. It's a simple test. 
You want to you figure out a quick little pop quiz? If you're following God as your dad or you're going with the world and the world leads to destruction. Quick test. What are your practices? Are you practicing righteousness or are you practicing sin? Are you planning to honor God or are you planning to serve your flesh? That is a simple test to figure out which track am I on. A lot of people want the title, but they don't want the responsibility. You ever been in that position where someone in your job took the manager position, but they didn't want the responsibility? You ever been in that position before where someone's like, hey, I'll be the group leader, and they never, hit, they never do anything as the group leader? Yeah, like, I'll, I'll lead this group project. I got y'all. I'm going to hit y'all up. We're going to set this day and time, and they never follow up. It's like, bro, why would you take the title if you weren't going to back it up with the responsibility? That's like someone saying, yeah, I'll be a manager, but you don't want to be there early, and you don't want to stay late. Yeah, I'll be the manager, but now you don't want to lock up and count cash. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the promotion, but you don't want what comes with that. That's so, it's so cheesy, right? Like, bro, if you're not going to take the responsibility, why are you wearing the title? Boss, they know <laughs> nothing. You don't do nothing. It's so frustrating to be under leadership that decides not to take responsibility. Second people say, hey, yeah, I'll be a leader in the church. Yeah, but I still want to have sex with whoever I want to have sex with. And, and I still want to go clubbing and get drunk and get wasted and get lost. And, and I still want to be a dirtbag on social media and, and, and hit up everything I can just to try to get something from that. And wait a minute, you want the title of leader in the church, but you don't want the responsibility of actually loving your neighbor? Yeah, I'll take the title, but don't give me the responsibility. And it's so sad seeing people in church always want the purpose from God, but will never take the word with the purpose and match it with a lifestyle of obedience and responsibility that comes with that. Listen, if God told you one day that you were going to be a teacher, preacher, apostle, evangelist, anything, a leader, and you don't match that up with the prophetic work, it's never going to happen. That's why a lot of people accidentally run into a purpose because they've just been so obedient so long that God then, boom, here's your, here's your calling. You've just been so obedient. I don't know about you, but, man, we're, we live in a world today that everyone wants the title. Nobody wants the responsibility. And John's making it clear. Yo, if you're going to say that you're a child of God, what comes with that is actually practicing righteousness. Practicing righteousness. Verse 10 says, the one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God. First John uh, 3.10. The one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God. So, y'all, when we do pre-service prayer and Deanna's up here and Brittany's up here and Rad's up here and people are up here, that's not to fill a service time. We're trying to help you in your relationship with Jesus. This isn't a show. We're trying to help you practice righteous ways so that when you go home, you know how to pray. We're not just singing here to take up 20 minutes of worship. <clears throat> I'm not wasting time up here. Like, my goal for you, honestly, is that you leave here and that you would practice righteousness. That there could be a point in your relationship with God that Tuesday isn't always the get right with God day. There could be a point in your relationship with God that every time you come to church, it isn't, oh, God, it's been a week. But no, God, we're picking up right where we left off this morning. Because I want to be your child I want to please you. I don't just want this title without the responsibility. God, I love you, and I want to seek you. 
and I want to pray, and I want to read your word, and I must struggle in the beginning. But man, like, are we going to quit on God because prayer is hard? Are we going to back up because the Bible's kind of hard to read sometimes? Or just like everything that we love right now, we push through the difficult to get to the good. I don't have any amens tonight. I hope you guys are receiving this word. So what does this mean? What does this mean? Because some of us thought it was only belief. Some of us thought that following Jesus was all about a heart thing. And yeah, it is big about your heart. I'd rather you work from the inside out than from the outside in. Can I get an amen? I'd rather you believe that Jesus is Lord instead of looking like it and denying him internally. But it's not just belief. In my next point, it's not just belief. It's works too. So it's not just the belief in Jesus. It's actually working that out and practicing righteousness. It's not just the belief. It's working it out. So James says, James chapter 2 verse 17, this is an NLT, the New Living Translation says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Faith by itself is not enough. This is in your Bible, y'all. Because TikTok theology says faith is all you need. But James comes against that. James says, no, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Other translations say faith without works is dead. Social media, Christianity says all you need is faith. But, 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 the, but the faith doesn't need to actually come into action. And James is saying, guys, it's not just what you believe. It's what you do with what you believe. It's not just you accepting that you're a child of God. It's you actually practicing righteousness and seeking to please him and seeking to honor him. And guess what? Sin isn't something you want to do. Sin is something that God doesn't want you to do. You see, I I come across followers of Jesus all the time. Hey, pastor, how far is too far in this sin? I'm like, that's the wrong question. The right question is how far is too far in Jesus? Because I know that's a far place from sin not playing with boundaries or playing with the line is saying, God, I want to please you because I'm your child. Thank you so much for the walk. Make some noise for day one time. Your boy's suffering up here. Ouch. Cheers. Here's my next point. You are my child when you accept that I am your father, God says. You're not my child just when you say, oh, I'm a child. No, you're my child when you accept that I'm your father. Next point is this, that when you accept God as your father, you also accept his ways. When you accept God as your father, you also accept his ways. You also accept his ways. I want to land the plane here tonight. I got a question. What happens when I become God's child? What, what, is, what is the reality of being God's child and practicing his ways? What happens now? What comes after this? have some reminders, three reminders for all the children of God in the room. And listen, if you don't believe in Jesus, thanks for coming to church and hanging out with people that love him. Come on. Can you make some noise for all of our first-time guests tonight that are just hanging out? I love you. And I hope Jesus is tugging on your heart today saying, hey, I'm your father. I'm, I'm, I'm your father, and I love you. I, I want to give you this real quick. What, what happens when I become called a child? Uh, here's a realization. Number one, my father loves me. I got a question. Do you receive this tonight? Do you receive this tonight? That God loves you? He loves you. Come on, would you close your eyes right there? 
Forget about everything going on in the room. Just repeat that with your words. Go ahead, say it, because I know it's so hard to, rele- to, to receive it. My father loves me. Say it. My father loves me. He loves me. He loves me. This is why we're here tonight. You can open your eyes. This is why we're here tonight. Because he loves you. God loves you. I mean, like, before you showed up, before you got that Bible verse tattoo, before you came to new birth, before before the foundations of the earth, he loved you. He loves you. Tonight, I know tonight's a little rough, right? Like, man, I'm the child of the devil just because I don't follow God and his ways. Wait a minute, no. Listen, he loves you. And he wants to give you his spirit. Because I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to be that bad manager that wants the title but doesn't want the responsibility. I, I want to say, God, I'm your, I'm your son, and I accept full responsibility of what that entails. Why? Because you love me. Friends, he loved you first. You didn't love God, and then he started loving you more. Did you know that? You didn't come to church, and he's like, oh, now I really love her. No, he loves you unconditionally. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He wants, to, he wants to speak to you in the middle of the night. He wants to whisper you truths and promises. He loves you so much. I mean, it's hard to wrap our heads around it, right? Because all we really know in life is conditional love. He's unconditionally loving us, y'all. My father loves me. But here's a side of love that's tough. And this we know with our parents. Because if you really love someone... You love them enough to have tough conversations with them. And it's the second one. Listen, my father corrects me. How does he do it? My pastor John just telling me this and telling me, no, no, no. God's giving you his Holy Spirit that is there every day. When you wake up, the Spirit's living in you. That's how he corrects us. Why does he correct us? Because he loves us. He loves you so much. He doesn't want to let you go to the world. You know, he loves you so much. He wants you to go to him to see if you should date that person. Because he knows that just because they go to new birth every week, don't be confused by a pretty or cute face. Don't be confused by the muscles. Don't get lost in the sauce. God's like, yo, I love you so much. I want to help you because that is a train going in the wrong direction. That's why we got to bring everything to God with the spirit that lives within us. Because he doesn't want to just love us, but he wants to guide us. He wants to direct our steps. No, that's not it. That's not it. It's this way. No, it's not being stingy. It's being generous. No, it's not spreading gossip. It's lifting people up. No, it's not being selfish. It's being selfless. And by my spirit that I deposit in you, I correct you every day. If there's no guidance, there's no love. The first point and the second point aren't in combat with each other. Because he loves me, he corrects me. Because he loves me, he lets me know, listen man, if I were to come back from our church right now, you stay behind. If I were to come back right now, and, and, and Sunday was a realization, 
like never before in this church. Because a lot of people in Newbridge right now are, are new. We have a new, fresh, post-pandemic, we relaunched the church. Everything's new. Everything's brand new. Fresh start. And we have a lot of people in our church that are new in the faith. And reality is, is that they want the title, but they don't want the responsibility. And God doesn't say, hey, I just want to love you. No, he wants to correct you. Because here's the truth. Here's the last part of what happens when I become God's child. Number three, my father knows what's best for me. This is why I go to God and say, God, reveal to me if this is going to be my future wife. God, reveal to me if this is going to be my husband. God, reveal to me if this is the job you want me to take. God, reveal to me if this is the car you want me to buy. God, reveal to me if this is the life you want me to live. God, reveal to me if this is the relationship you want me to cut off. God, reveal to me. Why? Because you know what's best for me. I don't know what's best for me. That's why I got to this point. If I knew what's best for me, I wouldn't need God. I wouldn't need a Savior if I knew everything. No, I got to go to God because he knows what's best for me. I'm t- I'm, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember I was a jit. I was, in, I was in elementary school, and I prayed to God so much for this girl. I prayed to God. I got a wife. I got a, I got a, I got a hot Colombian wife in the front row. I love you so much, baby. But in elementary school, I wasn't praying for her. I was praying for some other girl. And I was like, God, please give me this girl. I love her parents. I love her. I would marry her. I promise God I'll marry her. I'll be good. I'll be good to her. No one's been good to her. I'll be good to her, God. I'll show her what it is to have a real man. I'm like eight and three quarters. (laughs) I'm so glad God said no to that. And she ended up dating my friend. I was so heartbroken. God, are you even real? Out of all people, my friend. Do you even hear me? Oh, I'm so glad God said no. You know, you be on Facebook, you see somebody you prayed for, you're like, oh, wow. Lord is high above the heavens, and his glory is above the nations. Because he knows what's best for me. Like, God didn't give you that job, because that job would have consumed you. And instead of serving God, you would have served money. And a blessing would have turned into a curse if God gave you everything you prayed for. I know this is speaking to you right now. God spoke this to me in March. That God says, hey, tell the church that I really know what's best for them. Because I'm your father. God's not, you know, when you go through life, God's not hanging out in today. God is outside of time. You know that. He created time. So he's not with you finding out, oh, my God, we're going in quarantine. Like, God's not surprised. The Bible says that God is in the beginning and in the end. He's outside of time. Here's a great analogy. If you watch Loki, he's basically he that remains. The dude that sees the whole timeline and is outside of it. I'm not saying that's God, but I'm saying that's a way kind of we can figure it out culturally. If you've seen Loki, if you haven't, I'm praying for you that you go to heaven. I'm really praying. Just kidding. So guess what? He's in tomorrow. He's not surprised when she broke up with you. He's actually like, hey, it's going to hurt right now, but in five years, you're going to be so glad that she left you because she was leading you somewhere that just, oh, it was going to be terrible. 
I'm actually glad you didn't go to that party that night because on the way, you would have got in the last car ride of your life. I'm, I, I'm, I'm letting you know that sometimes, listen, you don't got to understand everything. I know what's best for you. I know what's best for you. I love you. I correct you. And I know what's best for you. I'm going to invite the worship team up. We can sing. We can sing oh, the song we were just singing, the second one. I want to end, really look at this picture I asked them to, to bring up. <clears throat> Some Google images, please don't judge me. So this is a father, this is a son. So let me give you a backdrop. This is not what the story starts, this is how the story ends. It's the story of the prodigal son. Have you ever heard of this story before? Very famous. The prodigal son, which is man's over here with his head down. Prodigal son goes up to his dad one day, who's a king, and says, hey, I'm supposed to get my inheritance when you die. I'll take all that money right now. I'm going to cash out. And I'm going to leave your kingdom, and I'm going to go to this, this city, and I'm just going to have a bunch of fun. What that technically means is, if you're asking for your dad's inheritance while he's still alive, technically you're saying you're dead to me. I'm not going to wait till you die to get all this money. I want it now. And the dad being so gracious, I mean, instead of casting him away, he says, all right, son, here you go. What does that mean? That if you don't go to God on that relationship and you really pursue her, you know that God will actually let you get her sometimes? And now you're at a worse place because God, he doesn't hold you in. He, he loves you with open hands. And sometimes... It's so, it's so sad. This is so sad. Sometimes Christians have to learn the hard way. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, and I'm, like, I hate, I hate that. I really, I really hate, like, being in meetings with people and really trying to, like, get it. But it's like, I got to go through this. I have to suffer to learn a lesson, unfortunately. My parents would tell me all the time growing up, learn from other people's mistakes. But the son says, you know what? And the dad says, you know what? Hey. I'm going to let you go. Take the, take the money. And that's what God says when you fight so hard for your own will. God says, go ahead. Go. Releases you to your own passions, like it says. So the son goes out to some faraway country, and he's balling. You know what I'm saying? He's balling, balling. Like, he probably got, like, like, five stimmies. You know what I'm saying? Stimulus check. All right, I lost half of you. <clears throat> he ends up. In this faraway city, he got all these new friends. You know when you get money, you just get friends out of nowhere. Like, what? Thought you hated me. Here's what's crazy. He's partying. He's partying. He's partying. Eventually, he blows all the money. All his friend leaves him. And now he finds himself looking for a job. It's nowhere in the city. The Bible says that the city went through famine. And he actually ended up working at a farm, taking care of pigs. And the Bible says that he was so hungry. I thought I was going to die. <clears throat> he was so hungry, he had no money, that the food that he was giving the pigs, he decided to eat it. So wait a minute. Let's get this right, prodigal son. You were in the covering of your father. You were in a castle, a kingdom. You were living right, but you wanted your inheritance now. Dad, you're dead to me. You left too far, and now you find yourself eating pig food. Le legit laying in, 
in dirt and mud eating with pigs. And as he's in the dirt, you know how I said sometimes we got to go suffer the hard way to learn a lesson. As he's in the dirt eating the pig food, it hits him in the head. Servants in my father's kingdom are well off than I am right now. The lowest person in my father's kingdom is balling compared to me right now eating pig food. And the Bible says that the prodigal son came to his senses and he begins to trek on. I guess that's why he has a stick, a rod. He begins to trek on and trek onto his father's kingdom. And you know what his dad wasn't doing? Like the dad wasn't like sitting in his kingdom waiting for his son to come home. Just like, I can't wait for him. He's not going to survive. The city he just went to, which went, went through a famine. I know he's struggling. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait for him to walk in here, drag himself in here, and I'm just gonna make him, you know, be a servant. I'm just gonna make him outside the gate. You know, I just can't wait for him to come for me to correct him. That's not what his father is doing. The Bible says that as the son is walking back, you know, like big kingdoms and castles, they have like a long gateway to get to the front. The Bible says that the father is looking out for his son. What does that mean? That the whole time his son was out partying, the father was out looking and looking. And at the highest part of his cap, just looking and looking and waiting. Is he coming home today? Nope, sunset. He's not coming home today. And the next day, just waiting and seeking for his son and waiting for his son to come home. And the Bible says that, that G- Jesus is saying the story, that the prodigal son didn't come all the way into the castle, but that once the dad see his son, I mean, way off in the distance, he just jumps out of his seat. He runs down the spiral staircase. He pushes through the guards. He pushes through the gate. And he begins to trek on. He begins to run. And that's this image that the father ends up meeting the son halfway. He came all the way to his son. And the son's like, yo, I'm ready to be a servant. And then the the dad's like, no, you are my son. You are my heir. You are a prince. Somebody get this man a robe. Somebody get this man cleaned up. Somebody give this man some rings. We're going to have a party tonight. We're going to cut the biggest cow. And we're going to turn up because my son has come home. And listen, friends, that's tonight's message in in one nutshell. That we can decide to practice God's ways or we can find ourselves eating pig food and settling for something less than what God has for us. I want to let you know at any moment, you can drop it. And even as you're on your way, you guys remember that one week, I take one step to God. He takes larger steps. His steps are bigger than my steps. As you come back to God, he's already meeting you right there on the path. This is the image of the gospel. So there's the hope from tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, I feel like the worst Christian ever. All I do, my only Christianity is my Instagram bio and my Tuesday nights because I don't practice righteousness. Listen, tonight's the night. Once you make a step towards righteousness, God's on his way to you. And God's not the dad that's at the, at the door like, look, look, about time. No. He says, welcome home, my son and my daughter. Welcome home. Your royalty. Your royalty. Listen, look at me. I know they treated you like dirt, but you are a queen. 
I know everyone don't see the best in you, but you're a king. You royalty. Your father sits on the throne that's outside of this galaxy. What? It's outside of this. The Bible says in heaven, the streets are gold. You're walking on gold. Like, oops, I skidded on gold. I literally left a skid mark on the gold. I'm sorry. Sorry, God. Is that Gold is nothing. Why are we settling for big food? Why are we settling? I'm telling you, God has something great. You're a queen. You don't got to settle for the first guy in church that says he likes you. You don't got to settle for the cutest dude in church that just, he walks, you know. You don't got to settle for the girl that's, she has a nice body, a nice face, and she loves Jesus. Like, yo, like, find a man of God. I dare you. Because you are a daughter of God. Find a woman of God. I dare you. I dare you. Be the man that God's calling you to be. Practice righteousness. I really feel God sent me tonight to tell you to sound the alarm. Like, yo, practice because you're my children. You don't got to settle for what the world settles for. And listen, I, like, I feel in my spirit someone in here saying it's the last night ever here because this is way too aggressive. I'm going to let you know the correction is because the love that God has for you. And I promise you this is coming from a good place because he wants to spend eternity with you. He doesn't want you to fall away. He doesn't want you to go on and be lost and, and be chained down to addiction and chained down to sin and just lose yourself. I'm telling you, he loves you and he wants you close to him. He's giving you his Holy Spirit. Listen, don't get it twisted. Tonight's not about works. Tonight's it about, it's about believing and working out what you believe. It's not about outward things. It's about taking what's happening in you and practicing it and putting it in motion.